Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. And maybe just given how bad their their record is right now, they start early. Why not just go out and say, no, 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 we're, we're not waiting for the trade deadline. Yeah, we know it's June 3rd, but we're willing to start talking. Maybe nobody wants to jump right now, but just let everybody know. We're selling. These guys are available. You want to make us an early offer and get four months out of a player instead of two and a half? Stores open. Hmm. Reckless speculation. Keith Law? Is Keith, who's Keith Law with now, Declan? He's not with ESPN anymore, is he? The Athletic Actually, now? I think Declan might be on the phone now. Yeah, he just picked uh, up the phone. Keith, <laughs> Keith Law from, from a Keith Law podcast there. And, yeah, that's him sort of speculating. <laughs> Can uh, we stop the show for a second? Yeah, let, let, let's talk about who just 90, called. Not even are we, got, are we gonna go? What's the guest today? <laughs> probably in an hour, Pat. I, I guess probably between It's always and around the same, same time, time, right? I, what I, is Royce doing? Is it doing? ever not within like a 10-minute window? Yes, what's, I, he, what's he doing today? He's got to be sitting <laughs> in air I, conditioning. It's too damn hot not to be like, what's he going to d- take the car out? Uh, Convertible top down? His, yeah, it's his, his, so Royce, you know, we, we tape rapid with Royce every day. It's like usually around the same time. And if it's if it's a different time, it's it's always like within ten or fifteen minutes of the original time. Is his schedule so packed from morning What's until night? Guess? He's Gary Vaynerchuk. He's got people just following him around. Just you know like, what he does? Right, three minute chunks of time. Ah. He has no patience in situations where no patience is really required. I know. Like like he's he's just chill. We'll call you. An, we'll he call has you a lack hour. of patience about things that really. I, <laughs> I mean, there's know. not there's. You're watching TV, dude. Yeah. Or you're it. writing something, and then your phone <laughs> rings, and you get on with us and BS for 20 minutes. Oh, I love it. Oh man, I love, love the man him so much. He's the greatest. So, all right, this is Mackie and Judd, and uh, our talking twins discussions. This was, by the way, supposed to be like today was supposed to be yeah, a celebration of Twins Yankees middle of the season Astros. This was going to be like the biggest homestand, maybe outside of like a division White Sox series late in the year or something. But maybe not, though. This was supposed Right. Yeah, this was supposed it's to a be test. The, the Yankees, the Astros, and uh, <laughs> and so I think like you guys said it before we cracked the mics. The most exciting Twins thing tonight in town might be in St. Paul, where Byron Buxton starting a rehab assignment with the the St. Paul Saints. Uh, but by the way, our talking Twins discussions are powered by our friends at Dennis Kirk and DennisKirk.com. So it is riding season. If you just want to feel a little breeze, right? Just get out on that bike. Uh, whether it's a Harley Indian Metro Cruiser sport bike, it's hot. Um, you'll find what you need, 160,000 parts and accessories, clothing and helmets. Order it before 8 p.m. They ship the same day, and shipping is free for orders over $89. When the road calls, head to Dennis Kirk 
com because they ship today. So um, StarTribune.com, along the lines of this Keith Law, Keith Law already saying, you know, much like a lot of other national talking heads, hey, twins are going to, at some point here, twins are going to jump in and start the fire sale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Rand from StarTribune.com, loyal listener of the Mackie and Judd Show, posed this question on their website, basically, or, or, or posed this, this sort of either-or scenario. Are the twins on the verge of trading everyone, or is it possible that with a roster that everyone thought was going to win 90-plus games that they're on the verge of like a 2006 Twins run where they just play 40 games over 500 from the first week of June to the end of the season? So uh, are you guys giving any thoughts or any sort of validity to the idea that there's a 2006 Twins run that starts tonight against the Bronx Bombers? Have you looked at the starting pitching and the bullpen? No, I'm not. No. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. But I will say to, this. To, to, to no for you, dog? Uh, yeah, Dex? Uh, yes or no? Really. No. No. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> We're all going with about 12 no's. Yeah. But I, I will say this. Upon the, uh, beyond, upon the subject we're about to delve into, I think. do you think that there's an interesting angle that I've thought of in recent days here? And it's this. If you do have any hope of like rebounding, like let's just say you rebound and make it a decent year. So you're not making a division run. You don't even make the playoffs. But let's say you yeah. let's say you come back and you look pretty damn good. It's going to be through changes regardless. I have no hope for the current roster as constructed. So So either way, if it's for 2022, which I agree with, making moves for next season, or Phil, let's say it's for... July or August of this year. I think making substantial moves right now helps you either way. I really do. So so the more I've thought about this, I think I think the Keith Law idea is genius because there's no way that the current team you've constructed is going to help you. Yeah, uh, so you're kind of saying that if they make a bunch of moves in the next month and just open the gates for Nick Gordon to play instead of Andrelton Simmons Bingo. or whatever that like they could just be better this year not not better to the point where they're going to win you know, they're going to go 40 games above 500 like the 06 team but yeah i think you know to that point i sometimes people misconstrue you know have a fire sailor trade everyone to be negative or you know why don't you guys root for the twins to come back and it's like all right the mission statement for everything we do here on Mackie and Judd and Purple Daily is we want championships yep. before we die. We want we want a Vikings title. <laughs> we want more Twins championships. The last part okay? being the most important part. Yeah, before, before we, we pass. Yes. And uh, and so I think there needs to be a reframing of of what we're talking about here. We don't agree on everything, but I think we agree, all three of us, that they're not going to dig themselves out of uh, what was a 14 games below 500 hole. Uh, even if they do go on a little bit of a run, they're still like they're going to have to trade at some point because they have a bunch of pending free agents. You need to get something for those guys. Yes. And so instead of thinking of it as like a negative teardown or fire sale or uh, pulling the plug on an era, whatever it is, I think they have enough good young position players, and we've seen some of them. Kirloff and I mean Larnick looks like he belongs. Uh, in that lineup, and there's like Luis Arise when he's healthy. There's guy Polanco's kind of turning a corner again. I think if you can leverage some of the tradable assets you have, and that might include a Buxton or a Barrios because those guys are super valuable with a year and a half left of team control. 
I think you can still be competitive in 2022. I'm not talking about a five or an eight year rebuilding process teardown like we saw after 2010 when it was like, oh my God, the wheels came off and they weren't, they literally weren't good for like a decade after that. I think they can be good in 2022, but it's going to require trading like five or six current players, getting out from underneath some salaries and just creating some breathing room for some younger players to come up, and you're going to have to get some good young arms to go along. Balazovic made his first appearance of the year in A. He's your top pitching prospect. Duran is, has been mostly lights out. Um, so there's you've got a couple guys internally. I just think, like, I think of this as a positive, and I think people misconstrue it as, oh, you're being negative. Why don't you have faith? Like, no, I'm looking at 2022 because they have screwed 2021 up, and that's fine. But now you now you should be looking at being as competitive as possible in 2022, and that's that is my new mission statement for these twins conversations. And why not 2022? So the only the only negative thing that you can do for sure right now, the only thing that we know would be a mistake would be to stand pat and, and like be well. Let's hope. Let's hope this takes place. If it's place. not tied down, ship it out of town. If it's, it's not, not tied, tied down, down, ship, ship it, it out, out of town. town. <laughs> if it's not tied down, ship it out of town. I love that, and that, but that's exactly right. But that's why it's a positive. This is. To this point, let's spin this as a as a positive. Let's spin this as opportunity. It didn't Ooh. work, okay? You screwed up. Oh, but- hold on. Oh, what's that knocking? Oh, uh, sounds like opportunity <laughs> oh. for the Twins to be good in 2022 after they ship out of town what's not tied down. <laughs> exactly. And But here's the other thing, too. So, so I've suggested that they already begin making some changes in how guys are used. Um, and I realized you can't do that across the board. The pushback that I get to those tweets is, well, if he doesn't play or he doesn't pitch, then teams can't see him and, and you're not going to get what you possibly could get back, you know. But I'll give you example one, exhibit A of a change that I, I would make starting right now. And this guy will be traded and he will get what he will get and it won't be a lot, but that's fine. Exhibit A is this one. With a rise out, starting tonight, I move Polanco back to short. I sit Simmons and I play Nick Gordon as much as I possibly can because this is your chance to find out. And and if you sit Simmons and he's not hurt, any team that trades for him knows exactly what they are going to get eventually, right? Which is a glove. He's got a great glove. And I, I mean, he's not going to lose that glove. It's not like I've benched him and I hate him. And so at some point in time, you know, within the next two weeks, trade him. That's great. I would rather go down finding out that Nick Gordon can't play than I would just day after day saying Simmons is really good defensively and offensively. He's not that great. We know all that, right? So, so what are the, I'm getting a little bit PO'd here or miffed by, by this as as well. Cause I I keep seeing stories about this now and it's more and more Kirilov struggles. What's going on with that? And, and what's happened to Kirilov. This is why this is a luxury you can, as long as he's not hurt, you can just continue to play him. Yeah. Unless the only case for a Larnick or Kirloff to get pulled now would be if you said, we think we're jeopardizing him mentally. Like he's fallen apart and oh my God, it's going to, we're actually going to set him back by continuing to play him. But if he continues to have a good mentality and struggles, that's what this year is about now, right? So yeah, like, I'm, he'll be fine long term. He'll right. be fine long term. But the term. Fa- but the fact is, you can take the 
the eventual path of success and spin positives off of this. The only non-positive would be to continue to run out the same dreck every single day and say, well, we thought that they were going to win. Yeah, I think um, I'm looking at the roster and just trying to figure out, all right, two things. How many guys are not tied down? Like, how many guys am I so willing they can be to shipped ship out, of out of town? Yes, okay. <laughs> and, then how, and then how many of those guys <laughs> could actually get you, like, you know, some team's third best pitching prospect who's ready to come up in, in the next calendar year? Sure, right? let's hear it. Because, you know, some of this is if, if I have to settle for an 18 or 19-year-old kid that was drafted in 2019 or 20, like, I will. But I'm I'm a little more interested in guys who are – a little further advanced, like at least in high A or double A, so that they're knocking on the door of the big leagues. I don't want complete lottery tickets. But as I count it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, minimum eleven guys on the current roster, I'm either actively shopping myself or I'm taking phone calls on. All right. Uh-huh. That's true. Nelson Cruz, actually I take that back. There's more than that. Josh Donaldson. <laughs> Yes. Some of these are sort oh, of yeah. Donaldson for unrealistic sure. and that I don't know if other teams, you know, what conditions would they have to set to take Donaldson's contract, but Donaldson, Cruz, Simmons for sure. The problem with Simmons, man, two years ago he was a generationally great defensive shortstop. I thought he was going to be a generationally great defensive shortstop still. He's not that old, right? He hasn't. He's been fine, but he just he hasn't been this generation's Ozzie Smith like like we saw um in the first like nine years of his, career. but he would still be a really good defensive replacement type of guy on a good team. Yep, a hundred percent. So like he's, but got, he's not going to get you a top prospect, right? And and, be, and not playing him is not going to hurt the the potential return, right? Because like if he doesn't play now, and, and I'm not saying he's benched permanently, but if Polanco plays a bunch of shorts so Gordon can play, you're still going to be able to eventually move Simmons. I think for pretty much the same return that you would have gotten if he played on a daily basis. That's probably fair. I think if yeah, if he was playing better defensive shortstop, I think sitting him would be a detriment to his value, but I think teams look and say, I don't know, he's not he's right. 31. Exactly. Whatever. Yep. Uh Mike Pineda has had a couple rough starts, but he he could be in some teams playoff rotation as like a third or a fourth starter. So he gets you something. Barrios and Buxton are the two most valuable pieces because they're both awesome. Buxton was the best player in baseball for the first month and they both have a year and a half left on their contracts. Now, I think they're and they're both in their prime. I think the twins should pay one of them and trade the other, and you should figure that out in the next month. Mm-hmm. So we talked pay about pay one, trade the other, yep. and then trade the other one in the next month so that you can get more value for then. Then the team that trades for them gets two playoff runs in theory, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Kenta Maeda, it's tough to trade him, and I know that he, he's on one of the most team friendly contracts in baseball. But I'm taking a phone call. He's like 33 years old, so if some team like, to me, he's not going to be part of the next three-year window. He's too old. So if some other team sees some value in his contract, you might be able to get something legit for Kenta Maeda because he's so cheap, right? Max Kepler I'm taking a phone call on because I just have too many corner outfielders. Yep. Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, and Robles I'm taking phone calls on. Um, and Colome, I don't know if anyone's even going to want to have a conversation. But like that's like 14 guys that you can take a phone call on. Maybe a small handful. Cruz. Barrios, Buxton, maybe Kepler, yep. and Taylor Rogers that could get you something actually meaningful, mm-hmm. like like someone's third or fourth best pitching prospect or something. Um, and so I would start that process as soon as possible, and I would look to leverage any and all of those players 
for things that can help me starting in a window of 2022-2023. So let's go back to the potential opportunity to trade Barrios or Buxton. Uh, here's what here's my concern. One is I would like to see them keep Barrios because I know it's not going to be cheap, but I think he has proven himself to be who he is, which is which is better than you've done a, a lot in recent history. So Barrios is not the true ace. He's not the if you we all thought that he was going to join that group of let's say eight you know elite big league starters. He's not there, but that doesn't make him bad. And he's he's going to be looking for a big payday. But he, if he hit the market, he would get that I think somewhere. I would prefer to sign Barrios just because of what he brings and the, the position he plays. Now here's the Buxton dilemma to me though. I don't think Phil that any team is going to give me back what I would want for Buxton because of the fact that they can just pull out the litany of injuries and say, we're not going to give you, you know, say, say you're trying to get two, two really good prospects and a third one thrown in or something. So I actually, so I do think Brios has more value because there's, because if you get him in a trade right now and plug him in, um, his history says he'll pitch and at times he'll pitch really well. At times he'll pitch okay. He probably won't be a disaster. But that's the dilemma there for me because I guess my preference is to keep the pitcher. But I think you're going to get. I think we would be underwhelmed by what we see as the potential returns for Buxton, based on the fact that it's so simple to say. Well, yeah, he's great when he can play. Yeah. See, I would I would lean toward trading Barrios because I don't trust arms like arm. When you when you pay arms, especially a guy that has gone this long without really any significant arm injury, I just feel like there's inevitable Tommy John surgery on the horizon for him, and he's going to want like twenty to thirty million dollars a year. He probably settles in like twenty to twenty five million dollars a year, and he's not a number one starter on a championship team. He's just not. So if some team teams are going to be more desperate for an arm like Barrios over the next month and a half than they will be for Byron Buxton. More teams need pitching than center fielders when you look at contenders. Um, so I think you can create more of a bidding war for Jose Brios. And with Buxton, even though he's never healthy, if he has found a way to turn a corner with his bat, I'm just going to roll the dice and hope that, hey, listen, I'm gonna give, we're going to give you an extension. We might have to move you to a corner outfield spot once your speed starts to go in like three or four years. But I would rather roll the dice that Buxton emerges healthier at age 28, 29, 30, um, because Jose Barrios is also a gamble health-wise, even though he's been healthy to this point. And I think Buxton has more of an impact on the team than Barrios over the next three to five years. So I am signing Buxton and trading Barrios. My problem on Buxton, too, is the contract is going to, I mean, if if he ever had a track record of, let's say, two years where he played consistently, I'd, I'd be like, okay, the gamble is worth it. But he never does. And so he would be. And the other problem, and the Donaldson contract actually comes back to to this, and this dates back to the Maurer contract as well. You can harp on the Twins and the Poleds all you want, and you might be right. I don't know. But, But every contract that you sign like these eats up a contract that you'd like to do elsewhere. Like there's no, well, we signed Donaldson, and now let's just go resign everybody else, right? Like those contracts in a non-salary cap league even, take a bite out of what your budget can potentially be. And so, you know, with Buxton, 
if he has the same problems and now I've got kind of playing on this huge contract and, oh, you know, yay, I'm getting 60 games or something like that. That's the problem, too. The other thing that I would be actively exploring as well, and I think you could pull this off for very, very little return, is find a contender that needs offense at third base, possibly, and almost gift them Donaldson. And I know fans will say, well, you can't do that. He's a good player. I get all that, okay? But I'm talking about getting his contract off the books because it didn't work. It just didn't work. It's fine. Things work. Things don't work. This one didn't work. Um, I think if you agreed to absorb a little bit of that contract, not much, but literally gave him away, the financial implications on the Twins wouldn't be that high, and I would be willing to gift him to a team based on that. Yeah, I mean, that might Dex, sound crazy, but... All right, what do you what do you think, Dex? Buxton, Barrios, over the next month? Uh, I would rather trade Barrios. You can get more for him, I think. Someone's going to bite the apple that he can still turn into something more. And... I, I'm going to roll the dice with Buxton. Like, I, Would I like to get him signed this offseason? Of course I would. But at the same time, he'll be, what, 28, 29 by the end of his deal. We've kind of touched on the fact that, yes, his speed is his elite trait. But at the same time, when you're 28, 29, he can still be the, technically still be the best defensive center fielder in the game. His speed is going to deteriorate. Some 21, 22-year-old is going to come up and probably have close to, if not the same amount of speed that he has at that age. So I'd rather keep Barrios. He's, or excuse me, I'd rather keep Buxton around. You trade Barrios. Someone's going to take it, take it, take the bite of the apple that he can help their playoff rotation. That's where I'd go. And yeah, if you can sell off guys like Anderson Simmons and Nelson Cruz and basically all the one year deals you have right now, Hansel Robles included, you got to do it. And if that means you only get the sixth or seventh best prospect for one of those guys, I'd, I'd rather do that and just get absolutely nothing for one of them. Yeah, the Blue, the Blue Jays have an interesting trio of good pitching prospects that I think are all at double A or above. Yep. And I don't I just don't know if Barrios is going to get you any of those guys. So that's why I floated the idea of like, could you go Barrios and Taylor Rogers together to get a better top end prospect from somebody? But uh, I guess we'll find out. Why don't teams trade now? Like what law said makes sense. And I get well, and I think the comeback is, well, yeah, but but if we get to the deadline, we have more suitors for said player. But we really don't find that to be the case. Like, like there has not been a lot of selling off at the deadline where where there's been, unless it's just an all-star player. But, like, why wouldn't you explore Simmons now or Cruz now? Like, those guys, if, if you take them up to July, what, 30th, it's not like you're going to get a ton more. And Law's got a really good point, which is convince the team that's going to going to get him hey plug him in now get extra service I think, I think the way the dynamic works is the teams that are buying even though like they're sort of desperate too they're not as desperate as a team like the twins that just doesn't want to risk getting nothing for nelson cruz and so they figure hey the longer we go if you're a buyer the longer we go the price might come down because they have to trade nelson cruz so why would we take their first offer but on the twin side you know i think what Keith Law said is right. Well, wouldn't you want an extra month of this awesome bat in the middle of your order to win like an, a couple extra games or something, and just and just have a better chance at winning a, a division and avoiding the wild card game? So I don't know. I I'll, I'll, deadlines also are just like I know deadlines are the only thing that spur action. Yeah. So right now there's no deadline for it's just like the baseball off season. There's just a never-ending stretch of like counter offers, and there's no, there's nothing to to create and leverage action until July 31st. What were you gonna say, Declan? Well, I mean, Tampa Bay, what they traded Willie Adames like 
two weeks ago to Milwaukee and like, but yeah. that's also that's classic Tampa Bay. Like that that that, that is not even a oh that's this is going to be the linchpin that starts now all these trades. Like no, that's like classic Tampa Bay Rays saying screw it, we're going to call up again our, our one of our another top prospects, put him in an Adamus box. Like theoretically, I was thinking when we started the show, like oh just trade Anderson Simmons to Tampa Bay. I bet Tampa Bay is smart and savvy enough. Like no, we don't want veteran. Andres and Simmons, we'd rather play our young prospect who is making yes. $400,000 this season. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep, 100%. So, all right, well, go get them, boys. Yeah, go get them. The Yankees in town. Yeah, yeah you take, those, series. You take mean, on those doubters, those bloggers who doubt you. You take on those people on Twitter, the haters, like the ad says. You take them on. Real quick, too. The haters. Our friend, uh, friend, friend of the show, X Twins News on Twitter, pointed this out yesterday. I think that the – so the Twins have – 12 of the next 18 games at home. So they have a pretty good good chunk here at home. If they go best case scenario, let's say they go, they win 14 of those 18 games. So they go 14 and four. That put the Twins at 38 and 39, one game under 500 on June 28th. Now, again, that's best case scenario. If you go 14 of 18, yeah. that, we're changing our tune here. But th- that, that would be the best case scenario for the Twins here. And the narrator comes in and says, they didn't. They didn't. They, they did not. They won four. They won of four those of eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just so. Yeah, it's whatever. Like they they crapped themselves in April <laughs> and they made this bed, and now it's all about 2022. Um, new segment alert here on the Mackie and Judd show, powered by our friends at PXG PXG Minneapolis. The new segment is going to be called "Who Gets It and Who Doesn't," and I'll tell you who gets it: PXG and the great Gen 4 clubs that they have created, the best clubs that they've ever created at PXG, which is saying something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see PXG being represented all over the PGA Tour. Um, Derek Holmes made it to the PGA Championship as the PXG Minneapolis Club Pro. So if you want to swing the club better, you just want to swing better clubs, you want to look better. PXG Minneapolis and Southdale Center. Find out more at pxg.com slash Minneapolis. All right, boys, we like to test drive new segments on this show. I think summertime is a good good time for us to experiment with some new fun things. And if they don't work, we crumple them up. We throw them away. We forget we, we ever never did talk them. about yeah, them. Never talk about it, right? Never talk forget about we it. ever did them. <laughs> so this yeah. segment is called Who Gets It and Who Doesn't? So let's go around the room. We can create some structure maybe down the road. Um, but let's all we'll go oh, around the room one by one. Structure sucks. <laughs> Throw out someone who gets it and tell us why, and then we'll come back around someone who doesn't get it. I'll start, okay? Since I this is sort of my brainchild, okay? Uh-huh. I stole it from uh, I stole it from a friend on a different media site, but that's okay. That's what we do here. We, we do. just yep. we just oh you justify you justify segments. it. Hope you're paying them. <laughs> All right, let's start out with someone who gets it. Bill Guerin gets it. Wow. Here are his quotes via StarTribune.com. From the season wrap press conference last week. We haven't really dove into these as a, as a full show here, okay? On Zach Parisi, Zach proved that he's still a guy that can play, and he did great for us in the playoffs. It's definitely a different role for Zach, but he's been great all year. We've talked to him a number of times, and he understands. This is a business. This is not personal. This is not meant to be a soap opera. Dean and I, we don't subscribe to that stuff. This is all about winning hockey games, and we're making difficult decisions every day. You want to talk about handling a delicate situation with, I would say, great grace and still maximizing the disgruntled player in some of the biggest games of the season and maybe even keeping the relationship alive if needed if they can't trade him 
for 2021-22, Billy Garen just gets it. The right diplomat, now. right? A diplomat. I mean, my God, he's he is he's it's it's uh, he's taking care of Zach. It's relationship building galore with a guy you absolutely just screwed. Yeah, he's not a dumb guy. He he gets it because he comes from a player, the player's standpoint, and like he knows how players think. And he he's talked about too that, that he went through some of the same things near the end of his career that Zach went through. So he knows exactly what's what. Uh, yeah, I I have, and I think Dex is in lockstep with me. I have great faith that this guy actually has a very good idea of what he's doing in getting this hockey team to the place the Mackey and Judd Show wants it: championship form. Championships, yeah. So, do you, do you guys believe that all is well between the Wild and Preezy, and, oh, no. and everyone's just sort of agree that he was cooked? And- no, no, no. It's not well at all. He's they. Billy was also talking about, in part, I think he's trying to jack up his potential value. He will for sure now go to teams and say, "Hey, you know, I mean, come on. He only played in what three games, four games, okay. and look at all the points look he clutch, got. Look how look at all the points the he got. Yeah. Exactly right. And and it was a genius ploy." Because part of the reason he came back and played so well was he was completely fresh and like he had rested. So, uh, no, but I think Zach wants out badly. And, and I don't think Zach is back because Bill Bill Guerin is smart enough to know that if you allow the season to start and Zach is in that room and he's on the fourth line or being scratched again, it's not going to go smoothly. It's not. So, no, but the way that Bill is playing this, I think I'm with you. He gets it. All right. Let's go to Declan. Yeah, I got one. Know who doesn't get it? Know who just does not understand how things work? Twins fans. Twins oh, fans wow. do not get it. You're going all in already? Twins fans do not get it, dude. They I was going not all in it. already. They do not get it. They're not going to win 14 of their next 18 games. Miguel Sano is not bleeping back. I was pray. I was ridiculed in January. Jay Hep, he's a great pitcher. Matt Shoemaker, they're lightning in a bottle. They have been a disaster. For God's sakes, okay? Like this, they bleeped the bed. We understood that. We just went over that in this in this trade deadline thing. They're not back. It's okay to punt on a season on June eighth. This is not working, Twins fans. I'm sorry, but but this is not working. You don't get this it. team. You know what? This team deserves to be booed and chastised and criticized. Like they, I keep going back to the 18 straight playoff losses, 18 straight playoff losses over the course of 17 years. And then this steaming pile of (laughs) crap that they have served us in 2021. And I don't care that they just beat the Royals in two straight games. It's therapeutic to lash out a little bit. I think Declan is misplaced. I think he's, he's lashing out at the fans. I want to, I want to guide the fans Mm. and, and direct their attention toward the team that has let you down, like that's where the ink. Yeah, take your anger out on them. Yeah, the ink shouldn't be directed toward people that want yeah. them to trade everyone. The ink should be directed at the team that's put the fans in this position to begin with. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going at the fans. I, I, I needed to. To be that. clear, <laughs> the Mackey and Judd fans get it. Yeah, they get it. I'm they not, I get it. So let's. Not, I know, but let's not paint. Let's not paint by a broad brush here. Let's let's be very careful. The Mackey and Judd fans, they're on board with our thought process yeah i think i think it was clear declan is referencing some of the delusional fans that just have not been able to accept the reality of where this club is at right now and you know what we were in that group we all said 90 plus wins 100 we have a segment on the show called old tweets exposed where we expose our stupid things that we say 
Okay. And we have an accountability and session. We have an accountability session. Too, so and believe me, believe me, rid of one of those. Yeah, I want to take out. I mean, I am mad. Like the twins made me look like a fool. I don't need help to do that. I'm mad. It's BS. All right, All right, Judd. Fire away. Okay, I'm going to give you a controversial who gets it because you would have never seen this coming from me, but he deserves credit, and we have not touched on this. And this man, nicknamed Country Joe, is my he gets it. What? Umpire what? Joe West, and here's why. Here's why. Give Dude, me a he's second. on the Mount Rushmore of guys that I know, don't I think get I know it. where he's going. I know, but just give me a second, okay? Let me explain. Story. And Declan does know it because yeah. I talked about this. Uh, on Unchained with Royce yesterday, all right? May 27th, Comiskey Park. I don't care what else they call it. It's Comiskey Park, south it's side of Chicago. guaranteed rate. Yeah, you know field. what? Okay. Guaranteed rate? No, you're Comiskey Park. South side of Chicago, Cardinals, White Sox. Country Joe is at third base. And entering the game, forgive me if I screw up his pronunciation, Cardinals pitcher Giovanni Gallegos comes into the game. And the umpires, including Country Joe, who is the crew chief, notice that there is a little bit of something on that hat. Looks like a little bit of sunscreen. Looks like a little bit of something. Not sure what it is. They demand that he has to change his hat. They don't toss him. They demand. And and Mike Schilt, the Cardinals manager, comes out, argues, does get tossed. But anyway, the point being is that sparked a lot of where we are today now. As far as the the SI piece that I believe came out last week about spin rates and pitcher and pitchers doctoring the baseball, yeah. which is out of control, which nobody was really talking about until this, like spin rates was being talked about, but the reason why and and sort of the the inner workings of the spin rate was not until Joe West of all people, he should be retired. He's absolutely awful, but in this case, the old curmudgeon gets it. And here's what I love. So I'm seeing quotes about, in fact, from, I believe, Donaldson included, said this is as bad as the steroid era in especially 98 in baseball. Well, here's the thing. The steroid era was difficult because distancing yourself from that was tough because ultimately it was great fun. Home runs galore. Summer of 98 probably saved baseball coming off the 94 strike. All of those things. Okay. This is outstanding because cutting down on spin rates and ha- having pitchers get hit harder for, let's say, doubles and triples and home runs and things like that, never a bad thing. Country Joe West gets it and might and, and might have started us down the path to neutralize what was an unfair advantage that pitchers were using to become far better than they really are. Well, he also... This is what's fraudulent about Country Joe West and all the other. I can't umpires, stand okay? him, but I'm still giving him credit. So, so you ever? I mean, just watch a major league baseball game at any point in our lifetimes, especially the last 15 or 20 years or so. Okay? Yep. Yep. Every pitcher in baseball has a spot under the top of their under the uh, the bottom side of the bill of their cap, and they're just constantly adjusting their. Oh, just got to adjust my hat nine times between every pitch. Right? Why do you think they're doing that? Because there's a spot of. Whatever it is, whether it's sunscreen and rosin, which they usually put on their forearms, right, or it's some other substance to get grip and tack on the ball. And so Joe West isn't just discovering this for the first time on May 27th. So a light bulb went off with him or the league or someone. Someone got to him and said, all right, that's enough. Now, remember when Michael Pineda came out yeah. with just a glob of pine, pine tar, tar on his neck? Right. He thought, oh, I guess this will, it's, it's, it's the same tone as my skin. I'll just put it on my neck. It's like, no, it's not, dude. <laughs> There's a but glob the SI of pine piece- tar. 
like exposed all of these glues now. Like it, it's oh, gone yeah. from pine tar and it was pine tar, sunscreen, and rosin, I believe. And now it's all of these glues that they're buying and getting and concoctions are being put together. Yeah. And so like that's, but there's nothing exciting about that. Like there's the first, the first time you see a pitch dive, it's sort of cool. Like, oh my God, that pitch dove really, but the 15th time and the guy swings hopelessly, you don't care. That pitch, that pitch stopped in midair and then went 90 <laughs> yeah. miles an hour. The o- crazy. The only chance that we have in baseball for a Miguel Sano rebound is if pitches quit diving and they actually have to be straight. So anyway, right, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm giving gonna him credit for that. I'm going to piggyback off what you just said. Okay. Okay. Um, so you just gave Joe West credit for getting it, right? He's going to put an end. Put an end, started, finally. Started the conversation, <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, among pitchers who have thrown at least 50 innings so far this season, all right, I just want to get this for you. You see some of the ERAs in baseball right now? Yeah, they're ridiculous. They- so you've got, you've got there's like 110 pitchers who've, who've, who qualify for the ERA title right now. Seven of them have ERAs under two, including Jake DeGrom with a .62 earned run average, Lance Lynn, 1.23, Kevin Gausman and Brandon Woodruff under 1.5. Yes. Um, you also have 30 pitchers with ERAs, 30 starting pitchers with ERAs under three this season. You want to know who doesn't get it? Matt Shoemaker. All right. <laughs> Find a better substance to use, buddy. A seven and a half ERA in an era of historic spin rate and dead balledness, and you can't figure out how to make a pitch dance. Seven and a half ERA, Matt Shoemaker, in an era of goop and tack and gunk mm-hmm. and and whatever you can put on a baseball, he clearly doesn't get it. No. That is 100% right. Yeah, you can come on. He had some sweat issues yeah. in Kansas City, man. He got hot. God. All right, All right back to Declan. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you someone who does get it, and it's more all-encompassing. The NBA playoffs this year. The NBA playoffs who usually always do get it, but I think exceptionally this year, they truly get it. So LeBron is out. You're going to have a, a, a winner that hasn't won a title at least in the last 10 years, right? The Dallas Mavs uh, were the last team to win a title in, in 2011. A lot of these other teams either haven't won in like 40 or 50 years. Some of them haven't won ever at all. You got young stars like Trey Young who are balling out. You still have uh, the the super team or the super villain, if you will, in the Brooklyn Nets who who have formed this great team basically in, in over an off season. But these NBA playoffs have been an absolute treat to watch. I know Giannis and mm-hmm. Milwaukee are down 0-2, and our friend Rami Makhlouf is probably pulling out his hair and probably put out some fires right now down in Milwaukee with them down in the series. But at the same time, I'm looking around the league at Denver and Utah, Trey Young. It, it's It's fun to watch. The NBA playoffs this year truly get it. Do you guys know, I saw this trivia nugget this morning on uh, Get Up with our friend Mike Greenberg. So if you've seen this, then stop me. Of the teams left in the NBA playoffs, what year it was that one of these franchises most recently won a championship? Mm. No, Lakers are gone. Yep. Heat gone, right? Yep. 1983, the Philadelphia this, uh, 76ers oh, are the most Julie recent Serving. champion among the teams okay. that are still alive right Dallas now. Got bounced, right. So we're going to get, yeah, Dallas is out. They got bounced, so, right. so the Nets, the Nets have had really no playoff success. They went, they got trounced once in the tw- couple times in, in the, the finals. Which were two of the worst Spurs. finals of all time. God, <laughs> yeah. was the NBA bad this back then. Kenyon Martin shooting 12 Oh, let's slow it down. <laughs> get it into the post. See what happens. <laughs> all right, Judd. All right. 
Doesn't get it. Let's see here. A lot of choices here. A lot of choices this week for this one. I'm going to go with Packers president Mark Murphy. Yes, I was hoping somebody would mini do this. camp Packers mini camp starts today. It's been made very clear to the biggest of the big reporters, the Shefties, the Glazers, Aaron Rodgers ain't showing up. Okay, here, but he so so Murphy and the Packers, but this starts with him. Literally, don't get it. Aaron Rodgers is never playing for you again. And this notion that you basically think you'll outweigh him. You will outweigh one of the most vindictive people on the face <laughs> of the earth. That you will just be, you know what, we got him. We got him signed. He can't do anything. He's coming back. And then you're selling that to your fan base, which are unfortunately too drunk to sober up and realize that he's not coming back. Mark, you literally don't get it. Aaron well, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers ghosted his entire family. Yes. He has no problem ghosting Mark Murphy and Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst, okay? Yes. And Devonta Adams. Literally has cut his mom and dad and siblings off at the knees. Mm-hmm. He ain't coming back. Bobby you know. Kennedy had a saying that's famous, don't get mad, get even. Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre got mad. Brett Favre was hurt and he was mad, okay? And he forced his way to the Vikings. Like, that was incredible. Um, Aaron Rodgers is not getting mad. He will get even with you. And if you sit on his rights, he will not play football in 2021. Especially if he gets that Jeopardy money. He gets that $20 million a year to make up for the the $35 million that uh, he'll lose. Now, if he doesn't play for the Packers, he loses out on his salary. Uh, I think it's... isn't it? Isn't Rogers the lead candidate to get it? That I don't know. Are I they really still don't. testing some other people out? I thought that Ken guy, oh. who was a former champion, was was also Ken uh, Jennings. Ken Jennings. Yeah. I thought he was a candidate to get it. Yeah. I got one more for you guys here. Okay. Since we're talking ball here, I just want to give you one more that gets it. ESPN television producers that showed ten uninterrupted minutes of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay backup quarterbacks in shorts and T-shirts. Throwing footballs to assistant coaches live at mandatory minicamp this morning. ESPN producers giving us what we want in June, which is live minicamp look-ins at a 43-year-old quarterback. Football! Football, yeah! With 10 minutes? I love mini. I love mini camps. Uninterrupted with talking heads in the background. What were they talking about? It's happening. I don't what were they know. analyzing? <laughs> Let's bring in Lewis Riddick now. Lewis, what are you seeing? Well, the arm form looks outstanding. <laughs> little, little Kyle just Trask. Look at the leadership. Up look there. at the leadership there. Kyle Trask just got some advice from Tom Brady. This is what Brady brings to the table. Oh, Brady said something funny. Everyone's you laughing. Team camaraderie and Kevin's. You know what? We can joke and laugh. I'll watch it. They brought in, uh, I think it was Sal Palantonio might be down oh, there in Sal Tampa. Pal. Sal Pal's going to break some stories. So this here's another one that gets it, Bruce Arians, right? So Sal Palantonio was asked, you know, what's the vibe down there? Defending champions. They got the band back together. And, you know, Sal Pal, just classic. He's got those super white teeth. Oh, always yeah. thinking about the Eagles, right? He's yes. probably got his Eagles bath towel and his, his Eagles. He's a badass, bar though, man. Yeah. He's a badass. And he's down there covering the Buccaneers here. And he said, hey, I got a text from Bruce Arians this morning that said, <laughs> quote, I told them that last year's team won the Super Bowl. This team ain't done bleep. Start at the basics and build. I love football coaches so much. But you know what? Celebrate <laughs> for five minutes and then on to next season. Football, football, yeah, football. <laughs> the key with Sal Powell, because he always gets texts, is to like, 
say what the coach said to you or texted you like it's life and death. Yeah. Yes. Like Sal Pal has a way of conveying that quote with like this. It's so true. Are you covering a murder dude or a football <laughs> team? He's so good at it. Like, I admire it. It's really fun. It's good. I sent a text asking yes. Bruce Arians, how are you preparing for this epically huge mandatory minicamp? <laughs> and he told me, block out the noise and focus on what you can control. Guys, the Buccaneers are ready for a defense of their championship. Football! Football! Yeah! yeah! Football! Oh, that's football! exactly right. Amazing. Uh, Federated Mutual Insurance Company <laughs> They're serious standing too. behind business owners. Yeah, they get it. Speaking of mm-hmm. companies that get it, Federated totally gets it. And uh, they've been around Owatonna, Minnesota. They're one of us since the early 1900s. And, hey, as we get into this sweltering summer, uh, Federated just wants to remind you that severe weather and electrical outages can interrupt your business by disrupting vital computer, machinery, phone, security, and even refrigeration systems. So, um, Federated has great resources to help you plan for weather emergencies in the risk management corner of federatedinsurance.com. At Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, are we keeping or are we going to keep who gets it, who doesn't? Are we going to keep it for one more week? Yeah, we can. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll talk about okay. it. I, like, I, let's go back, review the film. Should we watch the film? I've got to okay. see the film. Okay. I can't sure. really talk about it I feel it right like now. it's going to be a lot of who doesn't. Especially well, that's because you're that's because you're just yeah, taking right. your angst out on the poor fan base somewhere. Who doesn't get a Vikings fans this week? Yeah, you oh, yeah. people. That's a, that's, a, that's a life choice by you. If all okay. you're coming up right. with are that's why we are trying it. to help people, Declan. Oh, okay. not criticize. Well, but when it comes to players and coaches, some, need some criticizing I managers. Just, let's just gotta, tee off. You got to let them know. Yeah. Hey, kids, how's the water? It's full of weeds. I can't move my legs. Uh, your arms are free, right? Yeah. yeah. Wave them around. It's fun. Are you kidding me? This can't be happening. This is Jamie from the Aquaside Company. Clear your water completely. Destroy weeds, algae, and the muck that's preventing you from enjoying your water from property. We know your time in the water is precious. We're the Aquaside Company. Call 800-328-9350 or visit Aquaside.com. State permit may be required. Well, one one uh, segment that we uh, would love to bring back, and we know that it was fun last year for sure, is random season recall. We're de- oh wow! Oh, We're this is Declan- right in Mackey's alley. Oh my god! Where Declan busts out old school seasons, sometimes old old school, sometimes more recent um, Minnesota sports teams from seasons past, and quizzes Judd and I on the particular. Before we start, can I ask a question? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not criticizing Dex, so but I just have a question off of of. The banner you put up. Oh, I know he's going. When did season have to get shortened? Like season to me feels like a pretty short word. Like I get shortening really long words, uh-huh. but season. Why did season get shortened? I think it's a. I think barstool started doing it. I think it's a barstool sports thing. Okay. I mean, even if I'm not sure what the origin was. I mean, if yeah. you put season in full, it would push it a little bit. I get that. You know, like I, I guess. Yeah, yeah but no, it, it doesn't push it. A, I kind of like, like I, I like the Z. Yeah, I, I like, like the Z. We're, we're hip. We're young. We're with it. You know, this I is. Just, this it is... was a question. It wasn't a. Oh, hey, whoa, whoa, I wasn't being combative. Whoa, whoa. I was asking a question. I want to be educated on why we did it before I rip the idea. Okay. Also, sometimes Declan will admit he's not the greatest speller, and so oh. if you can shorten, if you can yes. shorten words, okay. thank you. Okay. Get, get, you know, get, if you can make it, 
you know, three words instead of six. Oh, God, be the banners are rarely wrong, though. Or letters. I mean. Like, Dex rarely makes mistakes on, on I feel the banners. Like, on the banners, yeah. On other places. Somebody did point out there was a graphic on Score Social yesterday that included the word receive. Oh, and as God. somebody pointed out in the comments, I before E except after C yeah. was violated there. But it yeah. was still a good graphic. No, yeah, it's still a good, good graphic. Yeah, I think you get great. So, yeah, thank you for pointing that out. Um, yeah. All right. Should we do random <laughs> season recall? Yeah, I'm just yeah. sorry. I'm. <laughs> I'd like to apologize. Oh, that's fine. We can keep ripping me, too. You I wasn't ripping you. I have a season. I, would, I want to know about season. You didn't do it. This, this, and that. Yeah, just have a lot of inquiries. Well, that the hey, it's your show. I'm just, I'm the, the viewers want to know what's here. going on. The listeners want to know I'm what's just, going on. I'm, I'm asking I'm the just, questions I'm they want to. Here. I'm a trained journalist, okay? You know, former just, lead beat writer for the Vikings. Right, right. Well, we got former lead beat writer for 2013 Twins. Yeah, right this here. is going to be good. All right, so it's a 2013 Twins. This was, what, year three of the mini dumpster fires of the decade. So we'll start with this one. The 2013 Minnesota Twins finished with how many wins? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, they lost 99 in 2011. Yes. It wasn't that bad, but it was close. I want to say, oh, my God. They lost in the 90s. Uh, sometimes I, it's easier if I can think of how many games. that I, I, I For some reason... I think they won 66 games that year, which would mean 66 and 96, I think. I'll go Unless with you. Judd you, has a strong opinion. No, no, okay. no. You covered them. So 66? We'll go 66 and 96. Okay. Yeah. Dang. 66 what was it? and 96. Whoa, oh, my God. You nailed it. You nailed it. Snap. Wow. Oh, wow. And 96, I, I thought I he forgot, was in the I ballpark. Forgot. I forgot how good we are at this game sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, if we covered, a, can get on if we covered a team, it's pretty. It's going to be pretty good. No, that makes Dude, sense. Wow. Also worth noting. Okay, and I'm sure we'll. I'm sure this might unveil itself throughout these questions here, but um, I'm pretty sure 2013 was coined by their activity in the off season as a year in which they were trying to win the division. Like they they made. <laughs> if I remember, they made a couple moves in the off season. It was like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. All right, question number two. Mm-hmm. Only two players finished with wins above replacement above two in that season. Only two players did. One's probably an obvious, but who was the other? Joe Maurer was good in 2013. That is correct. I'll just give you that. <laughs> who was the only yeah. other player to finish above a wins above replacement? Uh, and it is a position play. These are position players, by the way. Pitchers excluded. Pitchers excluded. Okay, should we talk about okay. this? Let's let's talk this through. Yeah, don't um, don't pause us. So this would have been, I think, before Dozier really figured it out. I don't think, I don't think Dozier was this good then. But I, we'll put him, we'll put his name out there. What was Morneau's status at this point? Morneau, I think, was gone by this point. I'm pretty sure he had been traded by this point. Okay, and even if he hadn't been, he was not good. Like yeah. he was not a two. He was. Tra- I remember he was traded the deadline after. So mm-hmm. it must have been 2012, maybe. Okay. Now um, I'll give I'll give you this one. Josh Willingham had one really big offensive season in here somewhere. And I'm trying to think. So so Kadire, when did Kadire leave? I think Kadire played for the Twins in 2012 and then left as a free agent for 2013. Okay, and that's when they would replace Willingham. And Willingham, who was an absolute tree stump in left field, hit like 35 home runs. So Judd, I'm going to say Josh Willingham and Joe Maurer. Okay. Josh Willingham and Joe Maurer. Let's go with it. Mm-hmm. Joe Maurer is one. Damn it. Mm. Do you want another stab at it? 
Do you want me to give it to you? Trying to work my way through here. Uh, Floramone was the shortstop for a period. I'm pretty sure they had a Floramone. weird revolving door of shortstops. Who played center field in 2013? Oh, it was a platoon. Revere. It was a platoon. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think Revere was. Oh, in. it was like Mastriani kind of a situation. Yeah, it's not. It's what, I don't think it'd be from. I don't think it'd be from the outfield if it's not Willingham. Domit? Ryan Ryan Domit. I'm trying to think of guys who would have been worth more than two wins. Above. Did you say I, Ryan Domit? I, I don't know. I all right. Give up? Okay. Yep. Brian Dozier. Brian Dozier. This okay. was the first year that Dozier did have a, a solid year. He's pretty played. good. Dozier okay. uh, hit 18 home runs, played some good defense, 33 doubles, hit 244. So this was after Oh, this would have been he, – he got off to a really bad start. I think they might have sent him down, and then he got hot in the second half or something. I okay. Yeah, in 2012, I believe what they did was they sent him down, and, and then they didn't call him back up. Mm-hmm. When September okay. call-ups happened, that must have been in 2012. And then I think 2013, the the um, ass-kicking that that had provided helped him. Okay. But I don't remember. So, like, all of these years for me run together. Like, I went to a oh, ton yeah, of games, <laughs> but I can't separate the years from, like, Dozier and when Morneau left. It's it's just all to me, like, one big nightmare. It is tough. One big twins yeah. nightmare. All right, next question here. Four pitchers. Started at least 18 games in 2013. Who were those Holy four God. pitchers? Who okay. Started? There, there's a bunch of t- at least 10. I'm not going to give is you all Is Nolasco 10. here by, by now, Phil? This is my question. When did Nolasco? Because Nolasco. How many? So at least 18, 18 starts? 18 starts. At least 18 starts. There's four pitchers who had at least 18 starts. This is around the time okay. Nolasco arrived, but again, it all runs together. And Vance Worley also was there around this time. Which, was this the season that Vance Worley started opening day at home? And maybe Declan Goff tweeted into the Mackey and Judge show as a young college kid thinking he deserved a second shot. That also happened. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to unpack when did, because Irv Santana was the next year, right? I'm pretty sure Irv was like 2014. Irv was after Nolasco. I want to say this, I wanna, I'm guessing, but I want to say this is the first year maybe of Nolasco. They, and real, and, yep, yep. Sorry. Real, real quick, though, just because there's a lot of names here. So let's put Nolasco on a shelf. Warley, I think your instinct is right on Warley, but we're not. These are not official guesses okay. yet. Okay. Phil Hughes signed, I think, for 2013. Okay. I can't remember if it was 13 or 14. And stole Scotty's number too. Did they bring Hughes in with Nolasco, or did they bring Hughes in with Irv? I think they brought Hughes in with Nolasco. Yeah, pretty sure that's. Yeah, I think was. Irv was a standalone because Irv was more expensive than Nolasco, right? I don't think Worley started 18 games in the year that he was the opening day starter. I'm okay. pretty sure that went south fast. Okay, so you think Nala- so we think Nolasco is talking here. We think Nolasco was one of them. How many do we need, Dex? Four. Hugh- Four? So yep. Hughes. Let's go Nolasco, Hughes. Hughes. Oh, you know who no. else was in this mix? No. Kevin Correa and Mike Pelfrey were around this time, too. Oh, sweet Jesus, help us. Why don't you go um, one by one if you, if you want? That way, okay. If you do all four, I, I, you could have three out of the four or something, so. Ricky Nolasco. So, see, I'm next year. Well, uh, we get three strikes here. We'll yep. make our own rules up. Strike one. All right. Phil Hughes. So okay, he's so not this there is, yet. This is before all those guys. So, the, But this would be, but Pelfrey and Correa were okay, there Mike, then. Mike, yeah, Mike Pelfrey. Yeah. Kevin starts. Correa. Thirty-one starts for Kevin Correa. So wait, no, so so talking again. So so sidebar, Declan. <laughs> sidebar. Is, is this Scotty Diamond territory? 
then? It is. Yep. And I and I think the question is, did he make? I think twelve might have been his good season, but they might have ridden him for quite a few starts. Let's go, Scott Diamond. One more. All right. Yeah, Scott Diamond had twenty four <clears throat> starts in an ERA of almost six. Not great. Okay. Um, what year did Francisco Liriana get traded? I think that was twelve. It was the ed- sure they dealt him in twelve. That was the deadline to the White Sox in yeah. Yep, twelve. Yeah, it actually was a good trade. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm just trying to think of the guys from that previous era, like Scotty Baker, gone. Um, so so Pelfrey, Correa, Scott Diamond. One more. And right God, now, there somebody is so yelling at this podcast. Somebody is yelling. That's the best part about this. Segment. Idiots. Yeah. Don't you remember so-and-so? I want this. I want this so bad. So we've already thrown out. Is there? Okay, just with Judd here. So we've kind of ruled out Vance Worley. We could put Vance Worley back on the table. I just don't know that he ever started that many games in a season for the Twins. And Irv Santana was later. Yeah. He had to have been so Hugh, So Hughes and Irv Santana were later. Should we go? Uh, Do you want to go, go Vanimal? All right. The Vanimal. Oh, I, I see. I knew it. Who is it? Dang it. Sam DeDuno. Oh, I was going to say him. Oh, I never would have. Sam I was going to say sudden Sam. And I seriously the, was going to say him, but I never thought he made 18 starts. Led the team in ERA, 3.83. Oh, damn dude. it. You want to talk about a guy that drove a Ferrari and couldn't reach the pedals? <laughs> yeah. Like, that dude was throwing 93 damn. with Frisbee movement and had no idea where it was going ever. I was going to oh. say DeDuno, and then I was like, no, there's no way, because he was in the. it felt like he was in the bullpen a bunch. No. Oh. Dog, got it. Damn. That's Animal. tough. All right. What else you got? Uh, let's see here. <laughs> We're not done. We're not. No, we can, we can keep going. I got more. <laughs> so we have seven players. Seven players who okay. hit double-digit home runs. Oh, God. Okay. Well, you already gave us one. Brian Dozier. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so we have Brian there. Dozier. Willingham for sure, right, Phil? I think. All right, Willingham. Okay, now it gets tough. Seven? Mm-hmm. 2013. Um, Ryan Dome. Dome, yeah. Three. Four more. Okay, who this, d- team is starting to, this team is crystallizing in front of us now. Who, who, d- who, d- who DH'd the, that year? Because Josh actually played left, despite the fact he was a DH. Should have been a DH. Um, did okay, did oh, Mauer Plo- hit 10? Is, no, he, oh, Ploof. is Ploof yeah, there? Ploof. Ploof's a great one. Ploof, that, this was the year of Ploof. The June of Wasn't Ploof? The, the June? Ploof had like a six-week yeah. run where he was on Sports Center every night. It was, was hilarious. Oh, he was crushing the baseball. Yeah. And so Ploof was kind of third base, shortstop. You got three more. We need three more double-digit homers on that team. Mm. Do you want Mauer or no? I, I don't remember. I when, just don't. I don't the, think he did. I don't think he did. Okay. Right. It would have been like 10. We'll see. We'll, we'll come back if Off we the record need right to. there. Right. Yeah, we'll come back to him. Okay. Who are the other catchers? So Domit was a part-time catcher. Butera might have still been on the team. Yeah, I think he was, actually. Mm-hmm. Who played first base? I'm trying to think of Oh, um, was this a Kenny Vargas season? The Kenny Vargas. I love how this Bleeds together. This is great. Actually, you know what? Yeah, was this a was this an Oswaldo or Kenny Vargas? Season? Oh, dude, Oswaldo, Oswaldo Arcia hit twenty bombs in one of these years. That's we're gonna go Oswaldo Arcia for sure. <laughs> Two more. Great pull. Great pull. Two let's more. go. Uh, let's go, Kenny Vargas. Kenny Vargas. Oh, this was not a Kenny Vargas season. 
How do they? How do you keep track of the Vargas years yeah. and the Arcia years? <laughs> They're the same thing. Oh man, who are the other guys? Like, so oh, more. um, is there? A, is this a Luke? Did Luke Hughes ever hit ten home runs, Judd? I might. <laughs> what's wrong? What's wrong? Oh, Pat Royce. <laughs> Uh, down under, he's not like he's not like we are down under. <laughs> he's a jerk. He's an ass. Um, he might have. I don't remember. Aaron Hicks. I'm trying to think of Hicks. He ever hit ten? Well, before he. What year was it that he decided to not be a switch hitter anymore? It was, mem- it was Memorial Day against the Rangers around this time. Like it all freaking <laughs> runs so closely together. Um, who did play Just first? Decides. Who did play first base? We need to figure that out. Because our so this didn't play first base. Well, Vargas could it did. Have been, how long did Morno stick around? So Morno had the weird 2011. Then he came back in 12. He got he traded was, at the deadline to Pittsburgh one of these years. Let's go Morno 13. What the hell? Yeah. Oh, wow. You are correct. Double-digit home runs, and he did get traded that year. So you got one more. God, we're, we are, it's amazing how good we are this for is, how dude, bad this, is, this team this was. Why and why are we this, this good? Is, what's happening right now is legend. If we can get the seventh one before okay. a third strike, this is legendary. Who is in right field? I'm just trying to think of like all the random ass players they had on these teams. Okay. okay. When was and this might be this might be off by a couple of years, but I'll throw his name out. When was Chris Parmalee around, dude, or Chris Calabello? I don't know that Parmalee ever hit 10. Calabello. Calabello. Is this one of the years where Calabello got called up in September? And and turned out to be juiced. Had a promotion, too, with him, and he was in triple I've still got the bell. Good for you. I've got the the Calabello. Um, It might be. This might have been been early. Well, we got two more strikes. All right, Calabello. Oh, boy. Now we're down to our last strike. All right, so so it wasn't. Call- I mean, it's possible that these guys could have been on the team and they just weren't hitting. So we've got the third baseman. Ten home runs. It's not going to be the shortstop, right? It's not going to be a shortstop. Florimo. We got Dozier. Dudes. We got Morneau. Willingham. I- Domit played a lot of corner outfield. Span was gone by now. Yes. Revere was traded for the Vanimal. I can't remember. <laughs> yep. I think around. I think he might have been traded before this season. I think the Revere yeah. Van. I want to say. Vanimal was there in 13. Um, I want this. I want this. Okay, should we consider, are, are we dismissing Ma- Are we dismissing Mauer too quickly? Yes, we probably are. Because he probably hit 10. He probably hit 10 home runs exactly. Let's just do it. All right. Joe Mauer? Joe Mauer. Yes! Yes! We got it! We did it! Man! Home runs we for did Joe it! Mauer. <laughs> Seven guys. You got them. We did it! <laughs> yeah, that's random season re- Wow. <laughs> Wow. Wow, dude. <laughs> Amazing. Random season recall, the 2013 Minnesota Twins. We remember it just like it was yesterday here. God, were they awful. Why do, how did we do that? Thanks for hanging out with us today. Don't forget to download the new Victory Score app. North app. You can find video versions and audio versions of all of our shows <laughs> and also Judd's written work as he pours Take champagne that. all over himself. <laughs> Woohoo! See you guys tomorrow. Write that down. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. 
All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at onepeloton.com.